Hello and welcome to Hello Government, the podcast. As always, I am your host, Abdullah, and today I'm joined by Nezi. Nazi. Nezi. Nezi. Hello, hello. It's weird because, like, before we started recording, I asked you how to pronounce it, and I immediately screwed it up. So, <laughs> look, am... it's it's there is absolutely no worries. That's the thing. Growing up with a foreign name, you learn to accept and welcome all any and all butcherings. <laughs> At this point, I think I have like seven different ways to pronounce my name. No, because I like my parents. Know, like, I just want to say like Nazi, <laughs> or or you know. Because that's how I would pronounce it in, you know, Arabic, like, you know, Nazi. <laughs> totally, totally. Yeah, no, I mean, I've had Nazi, Nazi, Naz, Naz. Uh, Spanish teachers uh, would make the H and R, so Nazir. Um. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, look. Yeah, because it's not Nasser. It's not Nasser. No. So. Nope, nope. I, I only know a handful of Nazis uh, in the entire world. And, well, actually, I only know one other, and that's my uncle. But I have heard it in the wild once while I was visiting the Middle East. Uh, <laughs> and I was like, oh, no. Someone else has my name? It's not as unique? I mean, technically still unique. But I felt devastated because at that point, I thought I was the only Nazi <laughs> aside from my uncle. <laughs> no, it's not, it's not like here where, you know, Abdullah is a common name and, like... <laughs> There was this guy, there was this guy na- named Abdullah, you know, back in, at college, who I knew back in college, we used to play. He was like one of the local guys who would, you know, we would set up like a a hangout and we would play like uh, fighting games, you know, to pass the time between classes. It was a lot of fun. And he never went by his his first name. He always went by his last name. And everyone just kind of accepted that. And one day I just asked him, like, you know is your last name, you know, is, is your last name the same as your first name? He's like, no, it's Abdullah. I'm like, really? That's interesting. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, look, sometimes it's just easier to go with one over the other. And, uh, you know, also sometimes I'm not going to lie. There are times where like someone calls me something and it has a nice ring to my ear. And I'm like, you know what? I'll allow that. Like, I don't, that's fine with me. You want to call me Jason or Zach or, or Americanize my name all that's completely cool. <laughs> no, but I mean it is look, as as a as a person of color and as an Arab individual, I am makes me happy seeing more Middle Eastern names in, in, in shows and um production crews cause... <laughs> you and me both. <laughs> but no, I'm I'm it's it's it was weird, man. Um like don't get me wrong, there are quite literally just a handful of us or you know as the meme would have dozens of us um and when i started doing this stuff um it wasn't until the current uh racial climate and the move and push toward uh more representation and whatnot that i started really fully grasping that i am also in this sort of fight um in a way that there are Middle Eastern people that look for Middle Eastern representation. You know, it's like there are only so many of us in the wild here. Um, so to have had uh, a couple of people like DM me or email me and be like, oh, man, it's so cool. There's another Arab or there's another Middle Eastern. And it's just like, yeah, um, holy hell, like, damn, <laughs> that's dope. 
especially because you know anime is really big here and it kind of sucks that we don't really get like you know a lot of a lot of right. good rep when it comes to when it comes to the industry you ain't kidding man i mean right now um i mean luckily there is you know a better push and a bigger push we're still like the minority of the minorities <laughs> clawing our way um but it is it is cool when you see these different things uh, finally being taken into consideration, uh, especially like when I get auditions from my agents or even if they're just sent directly to me and stating, hey, we're looking for Middle Eastern representation. Um, and you look at the side and it's not a terrorist for once. <laughs> You're not playing like the bad guy or the shady cab driver or, or you know, the guy who they assume is the terrorist, but then turns out he's actually just a doctor that was uh, used as like a red herring for the episode. You know, like it's, it's nice. You get to actually see a normal person or just a side that isn't what you've been pigeonholed as for your entire life. No, I said this before, like one of the reasons I got upset that, you know, glitch text, you know, didn't continue on is because I really love the middle Eastern character Zara on that because she was just, a normal human being and when i had her voice actress on i got really emotional when i when you know came to that section because i was so upset because you had this show that had great diversity and great representation especially from you know a middle eastern standpoint where you know the character was just a person and right. it just sucks that that show got screwed over by nickelodeon because they just you know uh, the long story short the 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 show was in production back in 2016 the old gar the old producers uh, you know the old network heads were all in on it and then 2017 new people came in and they're like yeah we we have no plans for this you know dump it on netflix and you know we're not going to promote it and that's it and it sucks it really sucks because like you said man (laughs) like (laughs) i I know it's going to sound mean when I say this, but understand that, you know, coming from, you know, uh, uh, you know, (laughs) again, I'm always going to be, you know, Middle Eastern. I'm not going to, you know, sugarcoat (laughs) it. I'm not going to like, you know, no matter how, how, how quote unquote American I talk, I'll always be like, you know, you you see me on the street and be like, yeah, you know, I'm going to get funny looks and... You know, it has happened before. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. <laughs> you know, right, right. You know, going to... On the random searches and in, 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 yeah. uh, my TSA and all that good stuff. <laughs> Quote, unquote, random. <laughs> oh, no. You, you lovely, lovely people over at immigration. Oh, really? They <laughs> lovely. <laughs> yeah, it's it's at least, you know, there there's still a little ways to go, um, especially, you know, uh, given the 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 history uh, that we've all had to deal with, um, looking back at nine eleven and the way it shaped uh, opinions on Middle Eastern people and whatnot, it's nice to see that we're finally like sort of clawing away from there, you know, or in the very least that people are understanding that radical extremists are not representative of an entire population. You know, it'd be like looking at. Uh, you know, an extremist group here, uh, uh, like the KKK, for instance, and being like, oh, that's the representative of America, period. And it's just like, no, that's people, 
terrible people that make up a very, very small portion of the population are not represented with the greater whole. So um, it's nice that we're finally, you know, clawing out of that perception. And, you know, you look at cast announcements, you know, whether it's uh, myself or uh, Ryan Colt Levy or um, Alejandro Saab, uh, for instance, or Christina Valenzuela uh, or Christina V rather. Um, and there are just plenty more Cameron Akkad that, so many actors who are finally coming out and, you know, being able to make announcements uh, and seeing the support that they're having. There is uh, and a push for more of them uh, and more of us in general. Uh, and it's, it's, it's very nice. You know, we don't all have to put on an accent or anything. We just, we sound like this. It doesn't get more American sounding than this, honestly. <laughs> and that, that's why it always bothers me. Like whenever I have someone on and they're like, you sound American. I'm like, no, I, uh, okay. You know, I, I, I don't like, how do you expect me to sound like, you know, I'm you, sorry. Did you want me to do the, <laughs> <laughs> like, should I speak? because I always like, every time I think of that, I, I automatically think to uh, think of like that bit in fresh Prince where Carlton stands up, you know, to a bully and says like, right. okay, how, how am I supposed to act? You know? And I yeah, think that I... is, I think that's still like one of the most wonderful moments in, in television because it, like it, it showed like, Hey, you know, I, I'm not as, you know, call me a salad all you want because I don't care. I am who I am. I'm not going to change because of, you know, this, this, this misconception of how a person of color should act, you know? Right. And apologies. I, I realize I ended up steering this conversation into this apologies for getting a little more uh, on the political uh, or, uh, the sociopolitical end of this, but you know, it's just, uh, I felt like it was a, a, a nice enough transition to just really quickly be like, yeah, it's nice to see this. <laughs> no, no, it, it's fine because like it, it always kind of like, you know, I mean, it doesn't bother me because it's like, you know, whatever, you know, people notice the American accent or people don't. And it's like, whatever. But at the same time, it's like, you know, I don't go up to like someone who's Canadian and is like, Oh, you're Canadian. You don't sound Canadian. <laughs> you know? Right. Like, right, you know, right, right. Totally. Like, you know, you don't go up to David Kay or, or Dave Sobolop and say, you don't sound Canadian. You don't have that <laughs> that Canadian. Like, you don't got the twang. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or, or if you want to get really, if, you know, really, really, you know, up there, you don't go up to, to, to you know, um, to, you know, a person of color and, and tell them, oh, you're so non-threatening. <laughs> right 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 it's it's that whole like you're not like the others it's like whoa hold on what's that supposed to mean <laughs> no but i mean like you know these are conversations we should be having because it, it's like you know the industry is changing and you know there is a lot of play you know i i you know it's 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 um it's not perfect i'm not gonna sit here and say well everything is fine i mean there is still you know, issues that unfortunately are, I, I kind of wish aren't, shouldn't be issues, but you know, it is what it is. But, uh, you know, compared to what the state of anime was back in like 2005 or so, right. I'd say yeah, we've no, come a absolutely. long way from that. <laughs> completely agree. Completely agree. But, but like, how did you get involved in, in, in the industry? Like, how did you get involved in anime? Um, so the way that ended up happening was I was in college. Uh, I went to the University of Florida and I was originally going for 
some sort of engineering degree or uh, looking into some sort of like anatomy, going to physical therapy, things like that. And I ended up taking a college class um, one summer because I needed uh, to get enough credits in order to be able to take out a loan to pay for things. And uh, that class uh, was a theater class, actually. It was an acting for non-majors. And in that class, I ended up uh, kind of falling in love with acting and started wondering, well, what if I did this instead? But I went ahead and decided, okay, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to audition for the program. If I can get in within two tries, uh, and they usually have like a cutoff point of like three tries and that's it. Just stop trying. Uh, Cause by then, honestly, it's, uh, <laughs> it's already a little too late anyways. But uh, I told myself if I can get in within the first couple tries, then I might have a fighting chance to try and make this a career, you know? Uh, so did that, got in, uh, went through, got my degree. And after I graduated, one of my uh, peers slash uh, one of the instructors at the university, he was a friend or an acquaintance of uh, Maxi <clears throat> Maxi Whitehead, who was the original voice of Alphonse. Or sorry, not the original. Um, the new voice once Aaron grew up, <clears throat> and for uh, I ended up contacting him and told him, "Hey, um, I'm thinking of trying to get into voiceover because I feel very limited by my appearance. Uh, I'm just a very short and stocky. Uh, you know, I'm five six, uh, weighing around two to two hundred and twenty pounds. So there, I'm not getting a lead role anytime soon on TV. So I was like, okay, well, voiceover is a way for me to." play anything without needing to look like something. And uh, there was sort of a liberating feeling about that. And I started looking more into just voiceover in general. It wasn't actually uh, anime in particular. And uh, that instructor, he uh, had told me that he was friends with Maxi. He ended up putting me in contact. And uh, I had some correspondence with her back and forth that ended up eventually leading to me uh, having like a a referral into Funimation, but I never actually worked with them uh, until I got an email out of the blue asking if I was able to make it to a session. Now, I couldn't because I was living in a different state, but that's when I realized, oh, well, maybe Funimation is an avenue. Granted, I didn't know about industry rates. I didn't know about uh, how much uh, anyone made or what cost of living or any of this sort of, uh, you know, financial related stuff was. Um I just thought, like most people think, oh, if you're in, then that's just you're in and you're good. You're going to make a living and full time and all that good stuff. Uh, that obviously turned out to be a partial lie. <laughs> Rates aren't so good uh, and things are um, not as clear cut as that. However, um, that did result into me coming out to Texas and starting to pursue my voiceover career while I was out here. Um, from there, I got in touch with uh, local studios, ended up working on video games, uh, anime, of course. Uh, after, I want to say after maybe a year of having been here, I finally had my first session at Funimation. Um, and it just kind of kept on going from there. Um, but yeah, that's that's kind of how I got the start in anime. It was thanks to a connection that, uh, I had at a university who was just like, oh, you're interested in voiceover? Well, this person does voiceover. And that person was kind enough to kind of steer me a little bit. 
must have been a, a huge wake up call for you when you got there, and you're like, "Oh, this this is probably gonna pay pay a decent amount." Nope. <laughs> oh, it absolutely was. It's like it's mind boggling, you know. You you see these things with all these action figures, all these video games uh, airing on Toonami and all of this stuff, and to learn that you're only making uh, the industry standard is. Uh, 75 an hour, two hour minimum. And that's if you're lucky to get that as a starting rate. Uh, and just like, oh, that's it. And obviously, you know, you look at the idea of like, oh, 75 an hour, that's fantastic. But you know, no, no voice actor is going into the booth 40 hours a week to record. <laughs> you know, that's not the full time. You'll get maybe, you know, for the busy ones, you'll have anywhere between like maybe five to like 20 recording hours a week uh and, but it's not necessarily consistent like that either um that's why a lot of us dabble in other areas of production in the industry but yeah the wake-up call of being like oh man because when you when i thought of the funimation i thought of it sort of like a theater company or a theater troupe where you're used in uh every season and every season you're you know you're you have a good pay especially if you end up joining uh, the union uh you can make a decent living out of it if you are lucky enough to be part of a troupe. Uh, however, uh, a troupe usually consists of, you know, anywhere between like 10 to 20 people, not over, uh, not a roster of over 600 actors uh, minimum. <laughs> so when you're trying to spread the wealth, uh, yeah, no, it's, <laughs> you're not going to be making a full time out of it. Yeah, definitely, definitely a little bit of a shock. Also the idea of not, just because you got called in once doesn't mean you're going to be called in again. That was the other sort of uh, epiphany moment of being like, oh, I guess it's not just a matter of being called in and doing good in that session. It's you need to be needed. <laughs> and, you know, uh, when you have relationships spanning 15, 20 years, you know, folks that have been working with each other for so long uh, and you're trying to break into that circle, it's a little hard to try and stand out. Um, but, you know, give it time and, and effort, perseverance, patience, and, you know, a little bit of talent. Uh, it, it's doable. It is doable. I mean, we've seen in the past, uh, I don't know, maybe 10 years or so, how much the fun, the basic Funimation roster has changed over the years. Like, we've seen people come and go, and, you know, you got to understand, like, the new people coming in, they're, they're not there to, you know, replace, you know, any, anyone in particular – they're there because, hey, you know, the people who, you know, used to be there probably moved or, you know, moved out of Texas or, you know, uh, got, you know, other places that, you know, that they can't, you know, that they can't work uh, uh, on those shows anymore. And, the, and, and, and like you said, when you get to a point in your career where you make, you know, the amount of money you want to make, you, you set out to make. You're not going to be like, oh, I'm going to still keep doing anime for like 75 bucks for an entire session. You're just not. Right. I mean, what ends up happening is uh, anime is fun um, and and it's not something that I would necessarily want to stop doing. Uh, it's more of what ends up happening is the amount of work that you do in like a commercial session uh, versus the same amount of work that you would do in an anime 
the pay dif- discrepancy is just so different. Um, you can do a commercial and come out with, you know, anywhere between uh, $500 uh, for like an hour, just an hour of recording, uh, which never really is like a legitimate hour. You can get paid anywhere between like $500, 1000 1500 $2,000, going upwards into the tens of thousands, um, especially if you include residuals and stuff like that for union-related commercials. Meanwhile, you, you do the same amount of work no matter what. Uh, the highest you get is the 75 unless you have an agent who negotiates a little higher. But again, the industry standard, uh, it's not even just a, a matter of Funimation rate, but industry standard for anime is generally around the 75-hour, uh, 75-an-hour mark. So you know you start to prioritize where you want to put your efforts the more you get known the more work you're getting in other areas it starts you start being selective you start saying okay i can do this project looks fun or this project is a decent big role i'll do this uh but if it's just a matter of being constantly called for uh bits or walla or something there comes a point where you just people just say hey i appreciate it but uh, I'm going to pass for now. Uh, if you have something else that you want to get me on, like by all means, hit me up. I'm more than happy to audition all that good stuff, but I've got a lot of other projects I need to consider. So, you know, it's, it's not that, uh, you know, finances isn't the only thing, uh, but there definitely is like a whole world of voiceover that isn't just anime. Um, especially for the amount of time that anime consumes to create. Like, cause people come into voiceover expecting, Oh, it's just anime and cartoons. And while that stuff is, is is all well and good the people who make you know big money based on cartoons and and video games are the the ones that are constantly booked and that those people are just so so rare so you kind of right. need you kind of need to, to to find like a balance cuz you can't you just can't live off of anime oh yeah no absolutely you, not you just can't <laughs> i mean like Yes, you can point to some people, but those people are generally exceptions to the rules. Uh, myself, for instance, I have plenty from uh, between like commercials, explainers, uh, um, video games, things like that, that all supplement. And even even your favorite uh, anime stars, they're all doing more than just anime uh, on the behind the scenes, whether it's commercials or or promo work or or video games. And you, you've seen this a little more with the, the because remote recording has now opened up a little more. Uh, you see a lot of the uh, the text folks being uh, considered for more things that are L.A. based without having to uh, relocated. And so you see a little more of these announcements, including things that aren't just anime anymore. Um, at the end of the day, anime is fun, uh, but uh, it's not the only thing. Um so people, people who are like aspiring voice actors that are trying to get into the field, they definitely want to, you know, try and look into all the avenues because if you want to make a career, you do that by having a more uh, diverse uh, range and tool belt to, to kind of hit these different mediums. Yeah, because you can't just stick to one thing. Like you either have to be really, really good and in high demand to stick to one thing, and that is just like those people are rare unicorns when you think about right, it. Right, right. Because I mean, okay, you know, you have your Gray Delisles and Kari Walgrens and whoever, but those people, you know, have decades worth of experience, and when when they get cast in something, casting directors know what they're going to get when they cast them in those roles. So and and that's how they they manage to make a living off of doing doing you know cartoons because they're in such high demand because like everyone's like oh you know I know Kari Walgren I know 
Gray Delisle. I know Phil Lamar. Like I know what I'm getting when I hire you know these people in these roles. But when it comes to anime, you're you're gonna be looking at you know a t- it's a totally different beast where it's like, okay, I want to hire someone new for this role, and you don't you don't know what you're gonna get sometimes when you do that. Right, and and unfortunately with dubbing, there's also the extra animal of. It's not just a matter of sounding good. It's a matter of being able to match flaps. It's a matter of being able to get the uh, the the medium. Um, anime acting is a different style of acting altogether. You know, it's it's there has been a push toward more uh, grounded or natural reads, but even then, at the end of the day, it's still anime. And as a result, there is like a a specific cadence to it. Um, whenever people get on behind the mic, they if you tell them to read a piece of copy for anime for the, for the people that are already established, if you give them a, a copy for anime and a copy for uh, you know, a cartoon or a video game, the reads are going to be different. And that's just because there is a nuance to it. Um, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it's totally different because I mean, you watch, you know, a, a, like a Western show and it's completely different, like say a uh, family guy or whatever. You know, you watch an episode of Family Guy and everyone talks like a, you know, it talks like a it's sitcom writing. It's, it's you know, typical right. like sitcom delivery. But then you watch something like My Hero Academia and it's more, you know, more shonen I guess is, is the word, like more action based, more. Um, right, right. Like, you know, people are saying stuff that no, like no normal human being would say, you know? Right, right. Only these, these hyper, <laughs> not hyper realistic, uh, these, these uh, hyper exaggerated sort of uh, cartoons <laughs> with over the top moments, uh, very, very over the top moments. Uh, they definitely require a more exaggerated uh, sort of feel to it. <laughs> Because you can't just like because you're going in there and you can't just like okay we want to to read this like villain monologue in like a sitcom tone it just it can't work you know you're you know like when you think of villain monologue you think of like you know over the top or if it's you know if it's more laid back it's you know hold you know uh, more gravitas or whatever you know it's it's not like oh uh joke 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 set up cutaway joke 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 you know <laughs> right 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 yep i mean and that's and that's another thing people need to understand is that it, the the way anime is dubbed now is completely different to to how it was back in like 2005 or whatever because back then it was like a completely different animal and now it's you know like with, with more simul dubs being a thing that pretty much changed the industry and I know that the whole there's this whole controversy of, you know, do you think that the the quality of the of the uh, dubs has gone down since they switched to simul dubs? And my answer to that is, you know, it depends on the dub, because sometimes you you know you get a really good dub that was simul dubbed, and sometimes you just get, you know, you get a you get a not, not so good dub. I mean, right. It it entirely depends on, uh, like deadlines are just a really, really big sticking point when it comes to the quality, you know, um, sometimes you, I mean, for a lot of these, you just have a one week turnaround to get everything done, maybe two weeks if you're lucky. Um, but even then, if you have a two week turnaround, you generally doubling up or tripling up on shows. So you're not even just being able to concentrate on one thing. So it becomes this sort of just a churning factory where it's just people are expected to get so many things out so fast. And, you know, 
Uh, it's like you said, I think it is partially show dependent. Uh, I, part, I think it depends on a, a variety of factors. One of being, uh, one of the biggest ones being fatigue, you know, uh, how fatigued are the people working on the show? Uh, how stretched thin are being, are people being made? Um, and cause at the end of the day, uh, you know, it's still a lot of the core same people. Uh, so, uh, it's not that the actors or the directors or the writers are, uh, incapable of producing uh great quality things because they've shown us time and time again uh but from all of your favorite dubs uh whether you're looking at you know something like dragon ball or or full metal alchemist or um my hero where uh there is just a lot of heart and care put into it but then uh you know sometimes the same cast uh they're working on five shows at a time so once you get to the that fifth show you're just tired you're just strained voices trying to recover but you got to meet that deadline so onwards we churn (laughs) and it also depends on the content because like sometimes you're dubbing like an action show and the next you're dubbing an ichi show and 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 people try to dub ichi shows you know that that's where the controversy lies because it's like you know because i know like a lot of people you know go into those shows and they're like Ah, uh, do we have to? Do we have to? <laughs> <laughs> you know, some people do. Others find fun in it. Uh, it depends on what angle you're coming at it from. Because uh, you can have fun on those shows. If you just come into it uh, with the mindset of wanting to just play and have fun rather than dreading the content matter. Um, of course, that's easier said than done depending on show. However, um, uh, I forgot the full title of the show, but the the one that would that just recently came out with combatant hero uh six or something like that or the uh, uh combatants uh, will be dispatched there you go that one uh i know the, the the cast had a lot of fun with that but that's just because they ended up going uh a little over the top and went a little zany and uh brendan did a fantastic job uh just bringing <laughs> a fun little spin to it meanwhile you know if you had put another actor on that role there is a potential while it would have sounded good because the actor had a little more trepidation toward the content matter, it wouldn't have come out as good. Uh, so it's definitely, there are definitely folks who are just like, Oh, let's have fun with this. Like we know what we're making is <laughs> we know what we are making. So why dread it? Let's just put our spin on it and call it a day. <laughs> and so with those sorts of casts and those sorts of mindsets, it definitely helps make a show uh a lot funner uh and even content wise a lot better yeah i mean it it, again it it depends on the dub because sometimes you know like you said people especially during the pandemic where you know people had to work on these multiple shows you know from their homes and i'm pretty sure as you're as you're aware uh, you know, trying to 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 get a record done via Zoom is a, is a complete <laughs> is a complete nightmare. So I don't right. <laughs> like you know. Sometimes that whenever I listen to a dub that was you know done you know in quarantine, I have to keep in mind like you know these people recorded their lines at at home, so I can't like be too harsh. I don't want to be too harsh on it because it's like they you know they're doing the best with the material that uh, with the circumstances that they had to to deal with. Right, right, and. You know, I think there is there's a give and take, you know, uh, I think as as we've gone forward, there has been time to upgrade home setups and make it in a way where uh, people are able to streamline um, a lot of my peers and myself included. You know, we have professionally built booths. 
uh, professional grade equipment and everything. Um, so I think uh, there hits a point where depending on what you're watching and who you're watching, I think you do have every right to criticize a performance, but you can definitely like if, if the, if the, if the uh, criticism is toward the performance, uh, you know, I, I think it is valid. If there's a criticism toward like the equipment or like, Oh, that guy's mic sounds weird or sounds a little off. Uh, yeah. A little leeway. That's, that's the remote thing that's in play, but performance wise, I think we're well beyond uh, the point where we can, uh, we can just justifiably actually criticize performance personally. Um, but like you said, there is, you have what I admire, which is a humanity about you, <laughs> uh, being willing to be a little more lenient on some of the things, <laughs> being able to say, well, it was probably hard to do this. <laughs> so as a result, uh, I'm going to cut it a little bit of slack. Meanwhile, I'm just in here like, nope. How dare you? <laughs> no, no, there there, uh, there are tons of like I, I've said I've said this before. Like one of my problems with with the with the Fire Force dub is like I felt some some people were miscast, and that's fine. It's like well, that's my opinion. Like I, I kind of felt sure. like a couple characters were miscast, but overall, it's it was one of the better dubs put out in, in recent years. So I can't really complain about it. Sure, <laughs> sure. No, I'm sure. And, you know, at the end of the day, uh, that, like you said, that ends up becoming a personal preference thing. Um, but there is definitely one thing that I will say, uh, and that is that whether or not you like or hate uh, a product, people are definitely putting their heart into it. <laughs> you know, it, something isn't bad. Uh, because somebody didn't necessarily try. Um, like you said, there may be a miscast. There just may be like, you know, a little a little blip in the production that caused something to be a little uh, worse for wear. But, you know, I don't know a single one of my peers who hasn't given uh, their 150% behind a performance, whether you like it or not. Um, I That's the where I sort of draw my line, where you can say what you want about the product, but don't say that the people who put it weren't uh, trying either, you know? <laughs> yeah, and, and that, and you need to, that's a distinction you, people need to understand is that you can criticize a person's performance and not send that person death threats on Twitter, you know? <laughs> oh man, it's, it's terrible. It's terrible. It's, it's, you know, that's, that's a kind of the interesting thing about being an actor. You're the one who's put in the spotlight for better or for worse. If, if a product ends up becoming fantastic, the actors are the ones who generally get all the praise. Um, even though there was a full production crew, there were script writers, uh, directors, so on and so forth, uh, and engineers. However, um, if a show is bad, on the other end, <laughs> the person who ends up getting all that, the brunt of that ends up being the actors. Some are get, given death threats. Some are given just disgusting mail. And it's just like, at the end of the day, uh, the thing that I think is very interesting, and I commend a lot of my peers for uh, who have been able to develop this sort of thicker skin, is that when we are approached for a role, um, there are some times where we ourselves don't necessarily think we're like perfect for it. However, if the director chose us, then they like we have to not confuse our vision for something versus the director's vision for something. So if I think, for instance, that Damon Mills is perfect for the role, but I got cast instead, then I need to put in my own mindset that, oh, wait, 
this director is the one who cast me. Therefore, I'm the one who fits their vision. But if I was the director, this is what my vision would have been. Um, and that's like an important discrepancy that we end up having to make uh, as actors. So when we were approached for a role, uh, regardless of whether or not we feel 100% that we're the right fit or not, uh, it's still one of those things where we take it and we do our absolute best to mold it into the director's vision and into a product that people will enjoy. But, you know, as you obviously already know, <laughs> not everyone is a big proponent for the dub world uh, or people are uh, definitely more vocal about some dubs than others. But at the end of the day, it's not like we went out of our way to like make something bad. It's just a matter of circumstance that we did our best and, uh, you know, the vocal um, folks come in and make it known that they do not like it. <laughs> oh, no, I just, I, uh, you know, before recording this episode, I read this comment on Twitter where they're like, oh, I don't like uh, English dubs because they don't match the lip flaps and I don't like how they simplify the scripts okay <laughs> you know right right and man i mean i've got some comments about some of those sorts of things but um yeah no to to it's it's completely fine to have like your own like opinion but even then um the other thing that people don't put into consideration is the sort of chain of command that goes down in producing a dub as well as uh who and what is involved within the decision making um if uh, sometimes uh, I know there's a lot of anger between uh, what people will see uh, that are like fan subs, for instance, and being like, oh, that's that dub is just completely off. And it's just like, no, it was subbed by somebody who doesn't do it professionally, or it was subbed by somebody who didn't have a hierarchy above them telling them, no, this is exactly what the client said they wanted. Um, people don't really put into the put that into the consideration where, uh, things are put for approval. Things are uh, sometimes bounced back and forth between Japan and ourselves where uh, they will tell us this is the correct way. And we say, okay, great, we do it. And then, you know, fans are just like, no, what the hell did you bring upon this uh, land? <laughs> and it's like, well, you don't know the full like hierarchy. You know, the, the people think that it's just... Uh, a couple of us sitting in a room saying, you know what, how do we ruin people's favorite shows? Let's go ahead and butcher the writing. It's just like, well, no, we we got the actual translations uh, and we have to mold and fit them and whatnot. You know, uh, it's there's a whole process that I think people oversimplify when it comes to uh, the nature of producing a dub and what they feel is the correct way versus uh, what they receive, of course. Yeah, and I I remember watching you know a couple behind the scenes videos and it, like I I I don't <laughs> I'm not gonna shit on the people who who make you know who who, who localize uh, anime because it is nightmarish it really is like because even before the subs are written down like someone has to go through you know the the episode raw and and mark down like all the lip flaps. <laughs> and it's just like oh god that sounds horrifying <laughs> yeah it's like you have you have time coders going through and checking for where every single lip flap occurs you have uh script writers coming in taking those time codes writing to script 
then you have the director and the actors who come in who take those words and try and fit them, uh, in which case further script revisions can happen on the spot because the writers, um, you know, they they do their best to 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 write words that will fit the flaps. However, different actors just speak uh, in different cadences and different speeds, put emphasis on different words and syllables to the point where it's like, oh, you know, that doesn't actually fit because of the way you're saying it. Not that you're saying it wrong, but you're saying it differently than what the scriptwriter uh, envisioned. Let's tweak it. Um, and then there's just this constant back and forth where, you know, you go through line by line and try and get the the lines to fit on top of the emotional intensity. And you also don't have all the time in the world. <laughs> you know, it's like if you get scheduled for an hour session and you have to hit 35 lines, you better make sure you're hitting 35 lines. Can't uh, there's so much. Um, and, you know, uh, one can make the argument saying, well, just, just take more time. But the thing is there isn't that much time because the deadlines are always so rapidly approaching, which is why, you know, sometimes you see, a lot of the staple names because they're really good at what they do and they can get their things good in one, two takes max and just blaze through a script. Um, and then, yeah, it's <laughs> producing a single episode. Uh, I don't think there is a, has been a moment where I haven't had anxiety uh, leading up to a deadline uh, working on the production side of things. <laughs> No, I remember when I had um, Marissa Lenti on and, you know, she talked about the first time they announced uh, Simuldub is back in 2014. And I said, like, you know, I remember my my reaction was when uh, Simuldubs were officially going to become a thing. I think the first now correct me if I'm wrong, but um, I think the first uh, anime that was like Simuldubbed was Space Dandy, if I'm not mistaken, or maybe it was something else, but. I don't remember if it was Space Dandy or Laughing Under the Clouds or one of those, something of that nature. I wasn't in this industry at that moment. I was still in college, actually, but I think it was something like that. Yeah, and I'm, I said, like, my default reaction to, to, to that was, are you fucking insane? Because, like, there is no way you can, like, do simuldubs, you know, do a dub as the show is still airing because that, like, it just didn't make sense to me. Right. How are they going to make that work? Because before, you know, the entire show would air in Japanese and then we would have to wait until, you know, the DVD release came out to hear the dub, like usually right. like a, a year or two in advance. But now the DVDs and Blu-rays aren't a thing anymore now. And streaming is all the rage and people want right, to get right. more faster. Simul dubs are a thing. And, you know, for better or worse, they're here to stay. Yeah, it's it's both a gift and a curse. I mean, honestly, um, you know, going into the whole uh, difficulty in making a living as an anime actor, uh, if you are a regular, thanks to simuldubs, you will always be needed in some capacity. So the work is definitely more consistent now than it was back then when they were uh, doing DVD releases. But again, the burnout that Justice get uh, felt as a result where you know, we have to produce everything in one to two weeks max and get it out. And, uh, you know, now that remote recording is a thing, we have the extra added hiccup where, uh, you know, uh, either people's setups are bad or good or uh, internet ends up being screwy. And now we have to worry about weather inclements and is the, is the lawnmower going on outside? <laughs> like there is so many things that just make the process that much harder and scarier now. Um, 
I mean, heck, even just uh, internet blips uh, where I'll record a take and if my internet decided uh, at that point because the server is overloaded on the program that my there's just like a, a like a nanosecond of a uh, missing thing we have to redo the take <laughs> um uh but yeah uh dub's existence gift and a curse because it definitely you know it, it gives more room and more opportunity for work um you know it's it's like oh did i get a lead role did i get a supporting role nope all right cool in three months i have another shot you know, that's the, that's a nice thing to be able to look forward to thinking, oh, there's going to be 11 more shows or there's going to be uh, another movie coming right around the corner. Um, but then the curse side of it is definitely the rate of production is just so fast that there, there, there just really is no room for error or there's very, very minimal room for error. And, you know, when you know, and, and it becomes this case of when you do notice an error, it becomes more obvious than, than it would be before. Cause, right, you know, because and and it has happened before. I have listened to interviews with other actors, and they pointed out, like, okay, there's this one scene where I'm off by like one or two seconds, and that's on me. So you know, it does happen, but you know, they can't go back and change it because you know it's you know you're on a tight schedule, and you need to get this done in this <laughs> short amount of time. Like right. there is no, we go back and fix it later. No, there isn't. Yeah, it, it ends up being a, oh, we'll fix it for the DVD release, but for right now, uh, we'll fix it up, tag it up. Although, they've been trying to do more pickups now, but it, again, it just it creates that that sort of like rush fire emergency. It's like, oh man, we realize you pronounced the name wrong. This is due tomorrow, or this is airing in like seven hours. Like, record this, uh, get this back to us immediately. It's like, uh, okay, sure. Um, it's... It's 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 hard. It's absolutely hard. Especially makes it difficult to to find those times where uh, you want to just take a little mini vacation or just say, "Hey, I'm not going to record anything for the next few days. I'm I'm tired." <laughs> or it becomes a case of, "Oh shit, we don't have anyone to do Walla for this series, <clears throat> so let's just get three actors in into a room and just have them do all the Walla for for this." Sure, series. sure. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's a lot of it's a lot of work. It's a lot of hard work. <laughs> no, We're drained. Mean, now looking at your schedule, man, it must it, like it's crazy. Like I don't know how how you deal with it. Like I honestly don't know how you deal with it. Uh, that's the 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 beauty of of <laughs> Google calendars. <laughs> I just, I mean, you you find the time. Uh, the way I look at it is, I would rather be. Uh, exhausted doing this industry stuff full time than uh, going back to the days where I had to, you know, I had to work in a stock room. I had to work in a deli. I had to go and do uh, all these things that at the end of the day just sucked my soul and made me uh, just contemplate life uh, a lot more. Now, you know, if I have to do back to backs going from uh, 8 a.m. all the way to 10 p.m., uh, I yes, it's super super exhausting. But at the end of the day, I'm still you know I, I get to uh, interact with peers. I get to have fun. Uh, we get to record things, uh, tell jokes. Uh, you know, if I'm the director, uh, I dictate the pace of the session. Uh, if I'm the actor, I get to just have fun with the director. You know, it's like there's 
as tiring as it is, it is still, <laughs> it leaves me going to sleep at night feeling a lot more fulfilled than I used to be. So uh, you make it work. You love what you do. You make it work. Uh, speaking of directing, I always wanted to ask this, but I never got the chance. Um, how? But how do you, as a director, get the best performance out of an actor? Patience. Um, I think uh, the nice thing about being an actor-director, um, so you have people who are just directors, but then you have people who are both an actor and a director. Uh, I think being able to have patience with an actor to have them give you what you want finding the analogies, finding ways to, to, uh, mold the performance, you know, uh, it's like, if you want someone to be very, very angry, uh, but they're not giving it to you loud enough, uh, then you start trying to come up with like little analogies or metaphors. Like, okay. Uh, imagine you're stuck in rush hour traffic bumper to bumper. Uh, and the guy in front of you is not moving at all, you know, like scream for me, you know, you try to find those like little tiny things. <laughs> um, uh, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's being able to have that patience, being able to, uh, work with the actor to, to both of you mold the performance. Cause you have directors who will just give you the line reads and that's fine here and there, but it definitely, for some actors, it feels demoralizing because it makes it feel like they aren't the ones who are making the discovery who are, bring it first and then you saying yes that's it if you just give them the line reads it it's kind of yeah like i said demoralizing a little bit and not for everyone uh, i'm one of those actors where if you give me line reads i'm completely cool with it because at the end of the day you know what you want and you just want to speed this along but the good directors are the ones who let you have fun the ones who let you crack a smile the one who the ones who kind of make you feel at ease, make it feel like that it's not, you're not there doing a job that you're there having fun. Um, I think that's a really a big part of it. Uh, I realize I said like a million different things, but uh, <laughs> the more I speak, the more I'm thinking, I'm just like, yeah, I, I, I guess there are just, there is no one thing. It's a, it's a plethora of things that come together to help form the relationship. My favorite sessions are definitely the ones where I've gotten to come in joke around and then we'll say okay let's get to let's get to business let's do this thing oh you're not getting it okay uh how do i get this for you how do you get this for me um uh, being able to collaborate i think um, patience and collaboration uh, the two big things and you can't just give them like a vague description and say go you need to like really set up the scene and and tell them like okay this is what your character is feeling in this exact moment and you need to, you know, let the audience understand that. Yeah, it's, you know, it's, there are definitely those directors who will ask you, you know what, give it to me again, just do it different. And then, but that can mean so many different things. Um, you want a director who has a little more specificity, uh, going back into the anger, for instance, uh, uh, if you need an actor to really, really, really blow up, uh, you know, there are they're just like varying intensities. Uh, so if you give them the, the, the direction, set up the scene for them and they're still not giving the exact read, that's when you start trying to draw on things. You know, you start saying, it's like, okay, is it like you're stubbing your toe on the bedside table? Uh, is it like your uh, dog just peed on the couch? Uh, <laughs> you know, uh, is it that you just spent five hours cooking and you just dropped the pot on the floor? 
like, you know, there are just, you, you start to try and think of things that help get the emotions out to help influence the read. And I think those analogies and those setups help a lot. Yeah, because you can't just, like, I don't understand how, you know, a director can go in there and just give, like, a basic description and just expect the actor to do all the work. I, I just don't like that. And I right. And, and, and like some that. of us, some of us have to, uh, but that's, you know, that's the nice thing about uh, like experienced and really professional actors. Um, they generally have really good instincts. And if the instincts are just really good, you can take a very vague description and just give them a read, uh, kind of feel out what the director, if they, if, if they sound like there's a little trepidation, usually what I'll do is I'll just say, uh, you know what? Give me, give me a sec. I, I, I gotta, I gotta take, hold on. And then, They'll say, okay, cool. And so I'll just throw out like a couple of different things, putting emphasis in different places, varying the intensities. And uh, generally it'll stick after that. It's like, there, that's the one. It's like, okay, cool. Uh, you know, it's it's not wrong to direct that way. Uh, it definitely is just, uh, it feels like it's, a, it puts a little damper on on the session when it's just like, you know, very vague, very, very, open-ended no certainty just yeah do that nope that's not it okay <laughs> yeah but at the end of the day you have to get the best performance out of the out of the actor out of the actor and how you do that is up to you and i'm not going to sit here and say well you know anyone who doesn't do it this way is wrong and blah 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 no everyone has their own way but to me i prefer you know, that collaboration, because I feel like the best performances are born out of collaboration between the director and the actor. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I feel like some of my best things or uh, some of my funner sessions are definitely the ones where like, I have an idea and uh, the director, I I'll even ask, I'll just be like, hey, uh, I know you said you were good with that take. Can I try something? It's like, hell yeah, go for it. It's like, great. And then you give it to them. And then there's like, a, I love that. I'm not going to use that here, but we can use that someplace else. You know, it's like that sort of like back and forth. It's like a little dance. It's a little tango that you do. And it just, and, and again, it just goes to show you that, you know, have fun as well. Like have fun, you know, with what you're doing, because at the end of the day, if you're not having fun, then why are you doing it? You know? Right. Absolutely. And uh, how long is does does an average a record session take for you? Um, it actually depends. I mean, they're generally around the one two hour marks. Uh, you have sessions that'll go the three four hours, but then it kind of just depends on what the session is and how big your role is. Um, I would say on average for me, they hit around the two hour marks. Um, but yeah, I'd, I'd say two hours is a solid recording session. Even for video games or is it for everything? Um, video games, it really varies. Uh, if you're working on like bigger AAA things, you're more likely to go for, especially if they're union, you're going like three, four hours. But uh, uh, yeah, I, I would say even the video games, uh, I would I'd put the average being two to three on those uh, for most of the ones I've worked on at least. And um, have you ever directed anyone in a video game session? Oh, yeah. Uh, I direct uh, a lot of the high-res stuff. So Smite, um, I help uh, assistant direct on Rogue Company. And in some instances, I direct on Paladins as well. Um, and then uh, 
occasionally I'll help out with uh, other games as well. Um, my company, we work on a lot of like the Dragon Ball stuff. So uh, I may help my coworker out with, uh, you know, like Dragon Ball Legends or or Fighters Universe, you know, things like that, where uh, if there's like ongoing DLC and they need to sub in, I'll just come in and uh, help out with that. But yeah, no, I, I video games are the majority of what I direct, actually. <laughs> and, you know, speaking of Paladins, like, when did you get on that game? Because that game has a very long, extensive history that, um, unfortunately, is kind of hard to find <laughs> online. <laughs> right. Uh, for me, I mean, so uh, in terms of directing uh, these things, it mainly happened at the start of COVID, uh, just because there was a small shift where a coworker of mine left. So I started uh, filling in on the projects that he was directing. Um, but in terms of, uh, yeah, in terms of myself getting on as a director, um, I'd say beginning of COVID. So nearing on, uh, you know, a little over one and a half to two years, probably. And who did you get to direct? Cause I know that each new champion gets a new voice actor and, you know, so. On oh, so I, <laughs> I would have to go and look at my calendar. I actually don't know off the top of my head. I also don't know what has and hasn't been released. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's really funny. Um, yeah, no, I've, I've directed a lot of my friends, peers. Uh, there are a lot of people who, you know, they'll, they'll go on, uh, online, uh, and make their like Twitter announcements and shout me out and just be like, Hey, thanks to the end of Z-Tarship, blah, 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 blah. And it's like, Oh, nice. Cool. Um, I'm trying to go like way further back into. Cause I don't want to name drop people. And you're like, I didn't direct that person. <laughs> I mean, you, you can name drop. Uh, I just may or may not be able to confirm uh, depending on whether or not the character was released. No, because most, most of these characters are like years and years old. Like, yeah, I, I'm just trying to think of the time frame. Because, like, right. you know, I know Sally Safiotti's character came out, like, pre-COVID, so I don't know. Yeah, I it was. I definitely know that a, uh, uh, that was probably my uh, co-worker that ended up directing that. But in terms of myself, I mean, there are folks like uh, Chris Guerrero, um, uh, let me see, uh, Xander Mobis, uh, Aiden Rudd, um, Derek Snow, uh, Austin Lee Matthews. Um, there are a couple of other folks who uh, are kind of like much bigger names and also, but like maybe a little more obscure, like John LePoe, for instance. Uh, he did a couple of skins here and there. Uh, Megan Shipman, fantastic, fantastic actress. Uh, but yeah, I've, 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 I've actually directed quite a few of my peers on, on this game. Did you direct J Jameson Price or was that someone else? Jameson Price. Uh, I want to say I did actually. I need to look at what the skin was, but I, I, that's the other thing. That demon character. Yeah. It's again, if it wasn't me, then it was my coworker, <laughs> but there is a good chance uh, that I ended up doing it, especially if it was during COVID. <laughs> and a lot of people I'm thinking of were like, they're the base champions. So people who were there in the beginning. So I, I yeah, that was probably before you came along. So, right. <laughs> Those folks, you know, people, people that like set their characters, like, you know, uh, looking at Ian Sinclair or Jim Michael Tatum. Actually, I, I did direct Ian Sinclair. Um, but looking at like folks like Tatum, Sabbath, Sinclair, Monica Real, you know, like all these like OGs who first started out and uh, 
set the base characters. A lot of those were just set and, uh, like you said, way before I even ended up in Texas, let alone uh, became a director. And uh, yeah, yeah, because I don't want to ask like, oh, you worked with so and so, and you're like, I didn't work with them. So I, I, again, I, I need to. I mean, you can totally ask. <laughs> I can let you know because no, I know. Um, no, Frida Wolf came way before. So again, like yeah. I'm thinking of like yeah. people who, who are yeah. like <laughs> the OGs. Like I know Chris Ryan was there for the beginning, way back in 2018. Because I used to, I used to play back in like 2018 to like 2019. So. You know, in the span of those two years, I, I kind of, uh, I kind of familiarized myself with the cast. But you know, uh, unfortunately, like, you know, I, I kind of want to know who directed you know the original cast because, um, unfortunately, um, you know, Brad Venable had passed away um, early uh, at the start of this year, and I thought he did a fantastic job in that game, and it, it was just so heartbreaking when, um, mm-hmm. when he passed away. Yeah, I I don't know uh, who would have been necessarily responsible for that. I know my coworker uh, or my old coworker Donald Schultz. Uh, he directed a lot of these. Uh, he was the the sort of uh, director online for uh, a couple of years. However, I wasn't at Ocatron uh, all of this time, uh, so I don't know what it was or how the the projects and clients were split prior to my arrival. So I wouldn't be able to tell you. Uh, exactly who directed what <laughs> yeah so i mean well it was worth a shot anyway i guess <laughs> no yeah totally i i welcome that because <laughs> you don't know how 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 annoying it is when i i ask someone a specific question and they're like i didn't direct that what are you talking about <laughs> that's yeah that's no, what it I, says I, on imdb buddy <laughs> <laughs> right, I get that. Yeah, uh, a lot of people can can definitely uh, <laughs> tweak those uh, and put some incorrect uh, <laughs> information on there for sure. Because, like I tell everyone, like all the information I'm going off of is off of IMDb. So if it's wrong, right. I'm sorry. Don't blame me. Blame the person who edited that in. So, <laughs> right, right. Um, let me double check. Uh, pretty sure my IMDb's actually accurate though because i'm pretty sure i i'm the one who has filled most of that in but yeah um let me see oh no just pay money for imdb pro account it's so worth it <laughs> that's 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 how i do it <laughs> i've i've had to use that just as my own thing um uh but yeah uh i've yeah since uh, since the start i think i've already hit over 150 to 200 sessions uh, directed on just the high-res stuff alone. So I've definitely worked with quite a number of our peers in the industry. <laughs> and it, it kind of also gets confusing because you get new people to do skin voices, and I'm just like, oh, shit, I got to remember who did the skin voices as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> it's so annoying because, like, I, I know this person did this character, but they also did the skin and the skin got released later, so it's like it's, right. it's so annoying. Like it's it's especially annoying when you know a lot of video game history, a lot of the behind the scenes stuff just isn't available, and you have nothing to go off of. So sometimes I just open them up, open my big mouth, and I just ask away. And you know, it can either be a really interesting. I either get a really interesting answer or nothing. <laughs> right. Yeah, I mean, you shoot your shot. <laughs> you shoot your shot, hope you get an answer. 
uh, or some closure at least. Because <laughs> <laughs> I've had people who who did uh, Paladins on the show, and I just never got a chance to talk about it because it's like it's a game that I kind of stopped playing because I just, I just, I just, I'm like, yeah, I, I spent like maybe 30 or so hours and I pretty much like experienced all I can experience with this game. I kind of want to move on to other stuff. So sure. Sure. No, completely understandable. But I mean, it's still interesting to me. Like, you know, I don't know. I don't know if you've noticed this, but I'm very interested in behind the scenes stuff. (laughs) I don't know. why. Yeah, no, I mean, it's, it's uh, completely understandable. You know, a lot of, a lot of what you see is just what's put on, but it's not necessarily everything. So uh, you kind of want to take a little a little peek behind the curtain. Yeah, but not too much to ruin to ruin the uh, right. You don't want to you ruin the magic. <laughs> <laughs> don't keep some of kayfabe alive, please. Don't kill it all. <laughs> sure, sure. <laughs> don't worry. <laughs> I won't kiss and tell too much. <laughs> no, uh, but you know, you, you talk about your peers, and I'm I'm kind of jealous that you get to work with a lot of these. Like a lot of the OG people we grew up watching on Dragon Ball, you get to work with. That must be an amazing experience. Oh, it's it's very, very nutty. I mean, it's not even just a matter of working with, like, a, you know, I'm friends with, with all these folks. Uh, I mean, Sabbath himself is uh, not only my employer, but he's also just a good friend of mine at this point. Um, and through sheer just being in the industry and working at the studio, uh whether it's through admin stuff, directing, or uh, even just being an actor. Um, it's, there are a lot of times where I, I will sit at night, uh, like, and I'll, I'll get a text from, you know, one of these folks, uh, and I'll just look at my girlfriend and be like, how did this happen? <laughs> where, where in my life did it say that I was going to end up talking to so-and-so or or texting this person and making plans with that person and uh it's just very very it's it's surreal and i don't think it's something that necessarily goes away uh which is nice because it means that uh i always have this sort of like sense of excitement and wonder um kind of kind of like feels like uh falling in love all over again um and it's 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 truly uh, a humbling and and like I said, bizarre experience. Just looking and seeing where I am versus where I was, uh, bef- both before and after I became an actor. Um, if you had told me that I would be, uh, you know, airing on tsunami or or working on the very projects that are sitting behind the shelves on a a uh, Walmart glass display, you know, it's, it's, it's very, very, it's cool. You know, it's very cool. It's very weird. And there's always like this just sense of like, you know, uh, hashtag blessed <laughs> for lack of a better phrase. <laughs> it's either hashtag blessed or hashtag gratitude, I guess. Right. Right. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I'm, I'm, I'm not knocking people, but I, I understand the feeling. Cause I, I even look back at some of the guests I've had on the show and I'm just like, okay, how did that happen? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's, that's the beauty of this. Like we're all just people, you know, sure. Some are busier than others and some have their, their time worth uh, something. Uh, but for the most part, I mean, we're all just here trying to have a good time in an industry that we love. 
you know, and it's always nice to be able to share that experience um, and kind of be able to uh, give back to those who are curious, to those who do follow us, to those who do care and want to know. Also, it mu- uh, I, I kind of have to ask this now, but do you, do you uh, watch your own stuff? No, I don't. I mean, like, do I go out of my way to watch my own stuff? No. There are some things where I may visit for performance reasons uh, to see how I can, like, shape it going forward or anything like that. Because uh, that's how you kind of improve as an actor. But in terms of like this sort of uh, circle jerking, just like, oh, man, that's my voice. I'm going to go and look for that and blah, blah, blah. I don't do that. I don't get any sort of gratitude. Um, it's like having the title on my resume uh, and being able to tell people, yeah, I was in that. That's enough for me. Um, there, uh Despite recording uh, as often as I have, uh, I still um, I still partially hate hearing the sound of my own voice, <laughs> so I don't go out of my way to go listen to it. <laughs> no, I ask because I'm kind of curious, like how many people in the industry actually watch their own stuff, and the answer is like not a lot, <laughs> not a lot. That's the other thing, like you know, we with how often we're working, we don't have the time to just go and look at the things, or you know, some people are working on so many things that there is way more content for them to watch than time they have. And then finally, there's the other factor of when you're already working on all these projects, um, I can't speak for my peers, but for myself, at least I get fatigued, you know, as much as I love video games, anime, uh, cartoons and whatnot. uh, Sometimes I just need a break. Uh, from the medium that I constantly work on. So if I'm going and watching something, I like to watch, you know, silly YouTube videos. I like to go and watch uh, live action TV shows. You know, let's put on, I don't know, Burn Notice or Grey's Anatomy or uh, The Wire, The Sprint. Like, let me watch something that's not something that I constantly work on because you kind of need that break, a little bit of that separation. Um, or at least I need that separation to keep to help keep my sanity <laughs> No, I can't imagine because your schedule is crazy. And if I was in your position, if I if I was constantly working on on anime, I, I would be like, you know, I just open up Netflix or whatever and just try to find the most random thing that has nothing to do with anime and watch that for like five hours right. to cleanse. Right. Myself. You know, <laughs> it's like, you know, between directing and acting and then even the administrative stuff where I'm doing like final scripts and uh, looking over, uh, episodes prior to deadlines and things of that nature, you know, I'm already watching and looking at so much, uh, anime to the point where, and, and not just anime, but video games as well, to the point where I like to just take a step back. Like you said, if I'm going on Netflix, I like to go and, you know, let's put, let's find a, a competition show or a reality show or, or literally anything that isn't already what I am working on so that I can just have that separation. Do you, do you watch any, you know, speaking of of shows, like what are you currently watching right now? If you, if you have the time, I guess. (laughs) Yeah, no. Um, so right now I actually just started the Sopranos. Um, I, kind of taking myself back to my middle school, high school days when I used to be uh, over infatuated uh, and obsessed with things like the Godfather and Scarface and uh, just mafia related (laughs) shows and movies. Um, 
And then with my girlfriend, you know, we uh, we kind of switch on and off between uh, either watching things like uh, Grey's Anatomy or um, just uh, different reality shows or cooking shows or like Hell's Kitchen, things like that, where we can like take a break. We'll still watch anime because unlike myself, she isn't as enveloped in this industry. She's not involved in this industry at all. It's she's in a completely different line of work, period. So she's not as jaded as i am uh so there'll be times where she'll ask oh do you mind if we watch one piece or do you mind if we watch uh i don't know uh that time i got reincarnated as a slime or, or uh, uh the rise of the shield here you know just all these different shows and i'm like you know what yeah i can watch this uh and to answer the potential next question if we were watching anime it kind of is a coin flip whether or not we watch subbed or dubbed uh it kind of just depends on which show it is and whether it even has a dub (laughs) no uh well it kind of depends on the show like like you said because well i mean you kind of have to watch bebop in english come on (laughs) like right no no there there, (laughs) there are some shows where you have to and then there are other shows where it's just like Man, I just sat there listening to my friends for t- 10 hours. I don't want to listen to them for another 10. I'm going to watch this in subbed. <laughs> I just, again, it's it's me trying to find some semblance of separation from the work I've already been doing. <laughs> no, and I kind of understand because it's like if you're listening to, like, I mean, I, I'm speaking as a fan. I mean, to me, like, I don't have, like, a, and I don't work on any of these projects, so I can go into these shows and with a, with a, clean slate but when it comes to someone who's worked on these shows it must be tiring having to watch them back even for like five minutes because it's like you're constantly going to be critical of of everything right right no totally i mean and whenever you're doing this stuff for deadline related reasons there's always uh a super super watchful eye that you end up developing and as a result when you go into casual watching that super super like keen eye ends up following you a little bit and it's just like oh that flaps a little off or oh that's happening or, yeah man uh i would have done this differently or i would have directed that differently or you know there's like all these what ifs and so it's like hey how about you just shut up and just watch the show <laughs> that's like the little fight that you have in your mind half the time that's why I, you know, whenever I watch a show and I notice like, uh, you know, the the lip the lip stuff is off, I'm like, boy, I hope someone, you know, noticed that because if not, oh boy. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Because <laughs> <laughs> I because there are moments like that take me out of it where I'm watching a dub and and it's kind of off, you know, by like one or two seconds, and I'm like. Okay, <laughs> I kind of took right. me out of it. <laughs> like, no, totally. And and uh, you know, there are some of these t- things, especially these days, uh, where in instances like that, I'll be a little more forgiving because of the remote recording situation. Um, you know, video players lag, things happen. Uh, everyone's doing their best with different internet speeds, and you know, it's. I think it the the quality is pretty damn good. Uh, all things considered. But like you said, there are some times where it might take you out or just be like, oh, that was weird. <laughs> was that a dog in the background? <laughs> <laughs> no, it reminds me of that freakazoid joke where he's like, let's watch the lip sync. And it cuts to a lip, <laughs> a, a, a bit of like giant lips sinking. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> like, 
that is like automatically what I think of. Like, because I've had that moment happen. Because like, there's this one moment in B Star season one where the the lip flaps don't match, and I just immediately <laughs> said out loud, "Let's watch the lip sync again, okay?" <laughs> so I'm like, "Damn it, Netflix! Come on, should be better. Come on." Yeah. But yeah, it's you know, this is the 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 world we currently live in. But it's 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 getting better. It's getting better. I mean, you know, for all for all my complaints, dubs now are a little bit more, you know, a lot more better polished than they were back in like the '90s. Have you ever gone back and listened to a '90s dub? Oh, oh yeah, boy. of course. <laughs> of course. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah yeah those are the you are my are the brother <laughs> what <laughs> i did not know you had a brother <laughs> what are you talking about wait you can't be serious <laughs> oh yeah back back when anime was first getting its uh it's a uh, it's start <laughs> oh have you ever tried look i love the guyver it is one of the first animes I've watched, I remember as a kid going to the VHS store and, you know, just finding that and watching that for the first time. That was like my exposure to anime. But if you try to watch the English dub now, who oh boy? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, some things, some things are still, uh, they, they have their charms. They have their charms. I mean, it has its charms, but again, it is hard to believe that, um, that a that a that a per, that um that uh, the voice of Guyver three went on to become one of the most prolific voice actors of the twenty first century because when you watch that show you're like who is this guy let me look this guy up because he sounds terrible Steve Bloom what <laughs> <laughs> that's the that's the nice thing about you know starts versus finding your way and getting the career and all that stuff you you mold you shape uh, and you just you improve. And there are a lot of times where, you know, especially back when it was unknown territory, uh, people don't know exactly what sort of acting style to put to it, how stilted uh, it may sound. Um, but slowly but surely, we've, you know, we've, we've curved that path and we've, we, we found a decent pocket. No, but it, it is interesting to go back and watch like some of those old OVAs because like that, that's, that type of style I've dubbed, I've, I've, you know, coined the term, you know, direct to, to, to video <laughs> acting because it is, it really is like that direct to video acting where it's kind of stilted and not very natural. And they're kind of like, they don't know what type of tone they want to go with. And it's just a weird experience. Right. Right. No, I totally get that. Absolutely. <laughs> and then and then you go and watch like any of the the anime from the 2000s and they had a completely different way of doing it and it is still like really weird going back and watching something from like 2005 2006 and 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 just going oh man how far have we come when it comes to anime dubs <laughs> Yep And and that's another thing that people need to understand is that the industry is constantly changing and what worked like 20 years ago doesn't work now. And what works yeah, and now isn't going to work like five years from now. You know, it's constantly changing. 
Right. And not just that, but also the fact that uh, not just in anime, just in, in a lot of things, um, video games as well, you know, as as we head toward more uh, story driven, toward more character development, toward uh, just uh, uh, story branching and world creating um, the the acting chops uh, is becoming more and more resembling that of like, you know, like a, a, a blockbuster movie or um, it's becoming to where we're finding that people love uh, to see things grounded in a little more reality. Uh, yes, the over the top and the cartoony have their place, but um, there's something to be said about reads that sound natural, that that sound human, that sound uh, like you're actually um, experiencing the emotion through your TV, you know, it's, it's, you know, looking at like the last of us or even God of war, um, uh, the most recent iterations where just the, the, the depth and the performances are so much, uh, bigger and better than, uh, what they were, you know, 10, 15, 20 years ago. And it's, it's this sort of drive toward, towards cinema style, uh, uh, viewing, you know, it's, it's, it's like you said, uh, we don't know where it's necessarily going to go, but it's definitely changed a lot. And that's, and it goes the same for live action as well, where you watch a show from like the nineties and you notice like the acting style is completely different to what we have now, because that was what the style was at the time. And the way the dialogue was written, you know, they're like, oh, we can't, you can be raunchy, but you can't be too raunchy. So they had to like find a way around it. So it's it's kind of interesting to see how far we've come from from a writing and acting standpoint. Right. Yep. I mean that, that but that's just me. I, I kind of notice like weird stuff like that. I mean, the average viewer probably watches like five minutes of something and goes, "Ah, this is too old," and turns it off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> No, absolutely. <laughs> anyway, um, before we get going, um, where can people find you online and what what current projects are you working on? Uh, let's see. In terms of my online presence, uh, Twitter is always my biggest and best. Uh, you can find me at uh, twitter.com slash Tarsha or at Tarsha. Uh, so just my first last name put together. And um, in terms of what I'm working on right now, uh, <laughs> every every actor's favorite NDA <laughs> for sure. I'm I'm still directing all the high res stuff, so there's always that. But in terms of ongoing projects, uh, definitely not released yet, so or announced. So, uh, but plenty in the works. All right, man. Thanks so much for taking the time up to do this. This has been a lot of fun, especially considering your, you know, your busy schedule. And, uh, you know, if for whatever reason you want to come back on, you know where to find me. Sounds fantastic. Thanks for reaching out, having me on. And you have a fantastic weekend. And yeah, if, if anything ends up changing with me and, uh, you know, career progresses or <laughs> something happens i'll definitely be sure to, to to hit you up and we can kick it all right take care bye-bye fantastic take care <laughs>